0: the the long strange trip with bill walton (laughs) hey here we go cleveland (laughs) rock and roll lebron james little sean yeah channing where'd he go tonight richard jefferson our fifth son richard what a great thing to see you so happy. The world champion playing in these sellout crowds every single night. The traveling circus that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's go. Nothing is better for an old guy like me. Old and in the way. 64 to see one of his children come and just do so well. To wear that championship ring. To have his two children. And to be out there with LeBron and Kyrie and T. Luby and the coach. And it's just so fantastic. And these Fans here. Oh my gosh. I have been so lucky, RJ, to be on some of the great teams in basketball history. So I know how much fun you're having. Yes. I can just see it in your face and you've just done so magnificently well and I can remember I can remember this moment in my life when <laughs> Luke was a a senior in high in high school and he came home from his first recruiting trip ever. He had Other trips scheduled, one to UCLA, and I think Kansas and Kentucky and Duke. And he comes home from his very first trip, which was to Tucson, Arizona. And I picked him up at the airport, and he got off the plane, and he said, Dad, you know, I had these other four trips scheduled to all these other schools. I said, yeah. He said, cancel them, Dad. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because when I went to Tucson, I met this guy. And his name was Richard Jefferson, Dad. Oh, and boy. That's what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to spend the rest of my life with Richard. <laughs> and I want to be on a special team. And this guy, Richard, is from Phoenix. And, Dad, I know we're from San Diego. And, Dad, I know how you always talk about Arizona and everything in the Grand Canyon State. And I know how much you love Lute Olson, But, Dad, I really love Richard Jefferson. <laughs> and it was so fantastic. And then you became part of the family. And yes. all the other wildcats would come over. And And then the time, oh, it was so fantastic because then you moved on and you became one of the $100 million players out of the Wildcat program. And here you all were with all the different guys coming in and Gilbert Arenas and and, uh, Damon Stoudemire and all the different guys in the history of that program. I mean, the Arizona Wildcats, that program, the guys who graduated from there and gone on to the NBA, you guys have combined to make more than $1.2 billion in the course of your career. So. But regardless of that... You would all come back to San Diego, to our house in <laughs> yes, San Diego sir. in the summertime, <laughs> yes. and you'd be there, and we had beds everywhere. So Lori and I would wake up in the morning. I'm a lot earlier riser than Lori is. I mean, <laughs> if she's up by noon, we're really lucky, right? So Lori would come out of, the, out of the bedroom in the back there in the late, late morning, and she'd see all you guys just lying around on the floor <laughs> out there on the couches and in the beds, and she'd look around and said, you, you're making $100 million in the NBA. You're making 70000000 million. You're making $30 <laughs> now, come on. How about getting a hotel? How about buying your own house? And then you went and you did buy your own then house. we bought our own house. And it was fantastic. And you bought that place in Rancho Santa Fe. And I remember to this moment it was so clear. We we sat there on the veranda at the Rancho Santa Fe Inn. We tried to talk you out of it, <laughs> and you guys said, "No, we're gonna do this, Dad." And so you bought this beautiful estate with fences and everything around it, and a big pool. We put in a great garden, and it was just so much fun. And I remember you had a teepee there. <laughs> yes, we had a teepee. And and then so we asked you, like, what was the what was the plan? What was the goal? <laughs> and you and Luke looked at us in unison, and you said, Our goal is to make this house the Playboy Mansion. Oh, <laughs> man. And you did, and you succeeded. <laughs> you <know> that story? <laughs> and it was oh. over the top. You, you haven't heard this story, on No, oh, so. I have it. And so we would always get these, you know, we'd always get these calls. We'd always get these messages from other people. Oh man, did you hear that Luke and Richard are having a party? I said, well, and I would say, well, when is it? And they would say, oh, it's like Labor Day, and it's an all-white party, whatever that means, right? And so, I mean, I'm a deadhead. I mean, we go to parties like we go where we go everywhere else. We got our jeans on and we got our t-shirts on, right? And so I would call up Luke and Richard, and I'd say, "Well, hey, man, I hear you're having a party. What time does it start?" So one o'clock. Uh, but you know what, Dad? They would, you know, they would tell me on the phone. They would say, "This is not really the kind of party <laughs> <laughs> that parents come to." Uh, you know, when, you're, when so your parents want to tell stories and these, oh, they, and, and they kind
1: of embarrass you. I didn't. I did not know that all of the. Uh, Dozens of listeners we have out there, we get to hear about me and Luke trying to have a Playboy South type. Oh, party. you
0: succeeded! It was <laughs> incredible. And the messages that I've received over the years, and and I come across these one young, wonderful angels here, like like Allie and well, thank you. And, and 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 I'll come across them, and and they'll say, "Oh man, I've been to your house. <laughs> I've been to your teepee." I said, well, uh, "Who are you?" And they say, "Oh, well, I know Luke. I know Richard." I said, "Oh my gosh!" i heard all
1: about this teepee. So. Oh, it's fantastic. So we've all tried to duplicate the teepee. Bill Run. had the original teepee. And so, like he said, he had beds spread out all around <laughs> his house. So when all of <laughs> us were in college, we would just go and crash there. Uh, and so what would happen was is like whoever didn't get to a room first ended up <laughs> having to go crash on the bed. So you would sleep on a bed in the living room. But there would be beds outside. outside and and yes, there on was, the there deck. Was, mm-hmm. There's multiple beds outside. And if you couldn't get to one of those beds, you tried to get to the teepee first because the teepee at least was closed. It would block yeah. you in from the sun a little bit. So
0: one of the coolest things of my life as a dad is that we got to go, Laurie and I, we got to go to Luke's first game as head coach of the Lakers this year. And what a thrill. And there's nothing like the pride of a dad. And so, you know, Luke signed a very nice contract to be the coach. He made a lot of money in the NBA as a player and just, you know, he's, he's doing really, really well. And so, I asked Luke in a, in, in a quiet moment, I said, so, Luke, you know, you've know you been living in this house in Manhattan Beach for nine and a half years with the Lakers, beautiful house there, but are, are you thinking about moving up? Are you thinking about getting a bigger place? You've got more children now. you got Lawson and Landon and Bree, his wife, just fantastic. And he looked at me and then looked at Lori and put a big smile on his face. And he said, you know what, Dad? <laughs> There's only one 1010 10 Myrtle Way, yeah. <laughs> which is our address. Yeah, address. It was a fa- it's a fa- we still live there. It's yeah. a fantastic place, and we've been there 38 years now. And how old are you now, Richard? You uh, must I'm be 37 th- yeah, now, Yeah, right? I'm, thir- I'm 37. The funny thing is, like, so
1: I remember my first, our, uh, uh, our, our freshman year. Right. Uh, you called and it was like, Luke. Uh, I need you to send. Uh, Coach called and said there's documents, and so I need you to send them to 1010 Myrtle Way, San Diego,
0: California 90. N- and then 92103. <laughs> 92103. So I'm giving you- away my home
1: address <laughs> on your podcast.
0: That's the dumbest well, thing ha- ever. Half of San Diego
1: has been there. Me and Luke <laughs> used to take everybody there. So then you say it again, and I looked to Luke, and I was like, Luke, like, did you just move or something? And he was like, Why? I was like, Well, your dad left the address twice. He was like, Richard, Bill's a little different. I, I was born in the downstairs bedroom of that house, and every time he calls, he leaves either his phone number twice or the address twice. Don't worry, Richard; you'll figure it out sooner or
0: later. But how much fun was it to go and watch you guys play? Because what Lou Olson did for that program, for the Conference of Champions, for you all, all of you individuals—I mean, you, you're coming up, and you got this brilliant coach who knows how to build teams, and, and that's what I see right here now. And to see these Cavaliers playing at the level and. I'm a warrior of the Golden State, and last year during the championship. You were there game seven. I was there five, five and seven. I was there for – I think one, five, and seven. And I was sure Golden State was going to win. I mean, are you kidding me? And then Draymond Green loses his mind and puts himself ahead of the team. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I gave up a Bob Dylan concert to go to game five. No way. At Humphreys. One of my things, Humphreys is this fantastic venue right on the water in San Diego with the mountains behind it and the ocean (coughs) right there. And the moon was out and Bob Dylan was going to be there. And like, uh, but we had to go to the game because we were sure that <laughs> the Warriors were gonna win. And then Draymond loses his mind and Cleveland plays fantastic. The Warriors totally fall apart and you guys become the best team. And when when you win those championships and, and it changes your life. It and does. it changes the franchise. It changes the culture and the and the confidence that you have and to see the way that LeBron is playing right now. Uh, fifteen years ago I came here to Cleveland. The game was at Cleveland State when LeBron was in high school. And it was just incredible to see what skill level he had as a 17-year-old player. Now... Kareem at that level, you know, Wilt at that age and same stage, and, and Oscar at that same Sabonis at that stage in their career, they were magnificent. And then now LeBron has just taken that and what he's been able to do in terms of establishing a legacy, but more important, to build a future for himself and to see how it spreads around. And now you got all these players and the vision at the top for the franchise to, to put the complementary players around. And, I, and I, I know you've been on some remarkable franchises there. You know, you're it's down in San Antonio yeah. and in New Jersey when they were on top. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when New Jersey was a good team, and so it you know, <laughs> was my first couple was, of years. Right, yeah. and you were in the finals every yeah, year, yeah, right? And yeah. you just kept looking at Luke and I'm saying, so... "Luke, you, you know, you're like a loser. <laughs> you're on the Lakers here, right? Yeah. You were rubbing it in." Him and the, then he, and he then, won two championships right. and then three with <laughs> and, the Golden State, and now you have one. Yeah, and the chance to get it done, and that and that that opportunity, the privilege, the honor to repeat. And that challenge. And with Golden State adding KD, and what a brilliant move that was. And that franchise just on fire right now. But you guys have a chance because you have LeBron and nobody else does. And the years that we were able to win the championship with Portland, we had Maurice Lucas and nobody else did. In Boston, we had Larry Bird and nobody (laughs) else else did. did. And you have LeBron and nobody else does. And so stay healthy. Keep the team spirit. Keep the skill level high. And then the freshness. The freshness that you... I mean, how many... This is your 14th? 16th 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 year. Don't (laughs) cut him short. I'm so jealous. (laughs) I mean, I'm the most injured player ever. I missed nine and a half full seasons of my NBA career. And so uh, to see how it's all come together, to see the happiness and the joy. I was down at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today to see all my guys, and it was just so special. What a magical place. You know, I came in here grumpy as can be, (laughs) flying all the way across the country. Everybody on the plane had the plague. And, you know, I'm battling pneumonia here, and I get here, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? You know, I read the news. I stay up on all this stuff, and I'm thinking, Ohio? What am I going to Ohio for, man? All they have there is carnage and crime and refuge. And, 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 and immigrants and, and, and regulations and terrorists. And I said, what am I going to do? And then I get here and it's like fantastic. And everybody's happy and wonderfully joyous and the airport looks terrific. The hotel downtown and the mall and the restaurants and I come to the, go to the Hall of Fame on the water and the pyramid down there. It reminded me of our trip to Egypt with the Grateful Dead and, and all of a sudden I come into the arena tonight and everybody's just celebrating and then LeBron just turns it on. I mean, he's like Mozart. He's like the conductor, he's like Gustav Mahler, and just just does whatever he wants. And those are good players out there. <laughs> <Good> player. <laughs> those are really good players. Paul George is tremendous, and all the different things they've got going for him over there. And LeBron, and he just treats everybody like a little child out there. And to see, to see how far he's come, to see how far you've grown, we are so proud. We are so lucky. <laughs> we are so you, happy to be a part of something like the NBA. You know, the NBA has changed all of our lives. More importantly, the NBA has changed the world. And what the NBA stands for and represents, inclusion and opportunity, that's what life is all about. And, to, and to, to be able to take this message out and for the rest of my life, I'll be always able to tell myself as I'm on my bike and I'm on the long, hard climb, as I'm sitting there looking at the beautiful sunrise, As I'm checking out the clouds as the sun leaves us in San Diego in this red sky, I'll be able to look back and say, man, remember that day 15 years ago in 2002 when LeBron was 17? I was there. I was a witness. Remember that day in two thousand what year are we in now? Seventeen. Oh, and LeBron's thirty two. Fourteen years later in the NBA. I'll be able to say, Wow, I was there and I was there when Richard Jefferson was there too and how fantastic and then little Sean, <laughs> the channing fry coming in and now how he's such a great star and it's just fantastic. <laughs> and when we had the chance, you and I, Richard, to talk before the game and and you were mentioning how what an honor and privilege it is to be lebron's backup yeah but there's all that's also a challenge responsibility and, it's, and responsibility and a duty and an obligation and you've got to push him but not too hard cuz he's playing big minutes and you got to let him get his rest but your professional responsibility to bring it every night even though you're going to play limited minutes behind lebron that's all cool but when you come in and you're able to go out there and get the job done either keep it going as the sixth man or change the direction of the team. And it was the same job that that Scotty Wedman had, a great teammate of ours on the Celtics, when Larry Bird was the LeBron James of his day. And so here it was. Scotty would work so hard. Scotty and I are exactly the same age, college class of 1974, four years in those days everybody went. And so here it was. Scotty would just be so primed. and And he was one of just a handful of the greatest shooters in the entire league. And there would be games, and when Scotty would play just a couple of minutes, or he'd play more minutes in addition, in, in the same time in same combination as Larry. And Scotty was so good that there was days when he was the second best player in the entire world. Larry would always be the first. Because even Larry, at just an average day, Larry <laughs> Larry was just so far ahead and better than everybody else. Three times in a row, MVP. That's only been done by two other guys. And that was Wilt and Bill Russell. And it's so much harder from the forward position, which has been your position. I mean, forward is the hardest position in all of basketball to dominate from. But Larry was able to do that now LeBron, but LeBron defies position. I mean, he's just one of those unique forces of nature and just so powerful. But more importantly for LeBron is how he's worked on his skill. But to me, as great a basketball player he is, he is. his stuff off the court is – so far, eclipses everything he's done on the basketball court. He's, he's amazing his philanthropy, team his business acumen, his sense of, of of humanity, his ethics, his his courage, his his moral, his moral clarity, and also his sacrifice. Because you know, he could just come out there and be a jerk. He could come out there and treat everybody like, what are you bothering me for? I'm LeBron James. But he looks around and says, hey, how can I be the human forklift? How can I lift people and things up and put them in a better place? And that's what he's done, to be able to come back to his hometown after learning, learning from Pat Riley about what it takes to be the champion. Because you know, LeBron, he did not have the greatest childhood growing up. And he did not have the greatest culture when he first joined this franchise. This franchise, I mean, this was, a, this was a franchise in transition. And they had an ownership change. And then Dan Gilbert comes in. And the first thing he does is fire Paul Silas, who I thought was an excellent coach for LeBron. Because the coach, the coach he has to be able to tell the young guys no. And when the coach, the leader... When the guy on the top, when he can look around to all the young guys who want so much, when when he can say no, and everybody else still buys in. I mean, that was John Wooden. That was Red Auerbach. That was Jack Ramsey. That was David Stern. And now that's what's happened here. Because when LeBron got down to Miami, there was Pat Riley saying, look, this is the way you're going to do it. And so then Pat takes LeBron to this incredible level. And LeBron says, yeah, okay, now I got it. And now he comes back here to Cleveland, and it's just happening. And the crowd is just so fun, so happy, and so confident. And that's the true sign of a great team, a great franchise, and a spectacular player. When you know before the game starts (laughs) that you're going to win. Because at the end of the day, you have LeBron. <laughs> and nobody else and does. And I want to
1: ask you about that because LeBron just Hi, said. Hi, what's your name again? I'm Ali. I'm Ali. I'm,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm Rafa. i uh, oh, yeah.
1: Again, just a reminder. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. I
0: love Rastafarians. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Spark it up. Yeah. Doke. <laughs> oh, my god. I want to ask you about that because what LeBron was your said, question yeah
1: LeBron said the other day that no matter who's injured who's in the in the lineup who's All not right. he's on the floor the team has a chance absolutely so what is it you see for our listeners? the reason why we're so lucky to be uh graced by Bill Walton here on our no, podcast no, no. We're lucky to be in lebron James beca- world <laughs> in amen universe. is because um he Ask called Richard
0: how lucky he thinks he is man. <laughs> so <laughs> lucky you were on some bad teams out there, right <laughs> yeah oh. I mean, how many, 16 years, how many teams? Ah, this is my sixth team. team. You were in San Antonio. Yes, I was in San Antonio. (laughs) that didn't work out so well. Didn't work out
1: so well. Where Um, else were you? You were in Utah, I was in Utah. (laughs) I was in in (laughs) Golden State. What was that like? Oh,
0: man. I was in Milwaukee. (laughs) I went to Milwaukee, Bill. Oh, my gosh. Kareem spent six years there. He won a championship. Good for him. So, Carl Malone goes to Utah, right? So, Carl, he gets there. And like he's looking around and saying, No, Carl's from Louisiana, right? So maybe Utah is like a step up. I don't know. Yeah. And so I love all things Utah. It's fantastic. And so Miss Idaho, Miss Idaho is in Salt Lake City doing a a promotion. Yeah. And on that was the same day that Carl Malone nicknamed the mailman is being introduced to the, all the folks when he first joins the nba in utah right and so this lady miss idaho was off on the perimeter right And they're having a big parade and a big celebration and a big rally and 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 then miss idaho she turned and she turns to her friends in her group and she said well what's going on over there why is that big crowd there Oh, and, and they said, "Well, oh, they're honoring the mailman." And she looks over, and says, "Oh, how cool is that?" <laughs> Look, they, they got a black mailman here in Salt Lake City. Here, oh, how, oh, how wonderful! Yeah. Oh. And so Miss Idaho ends up may, marrying Carl Malone. Oh wow! And it black was History just, Month. It's just everybody. a fantastic story. No way. Yes. Now she and, and what an angel she is. And they have tons of children. And they move back down to Arkansas. And but let's talk about LeBron and what he has done in terms of the business acumen, and to be able to uh, to, to start all his own agencies and to, to generate the television programs and products. And you know, here's a guy, LeBron James. You take any athlete in the world today, there is nobody at LeBron's level in terms of the impact on the entertainment industry. He's the world champion. He's the Finals MVP. Currently, he'll go down as one of the, one of the greatest players in the history of basketball. But what he's doing, he he is joined already the ranks of Roger Staubach, who is the platinum thorium standard there at the business level of a ex, of a, of a former player magic johnson up there uh, joe montana all these guys steve young who have just used their sport and their connections and their brains to build a whole business empire and he will be the standard now. Michael Jordan has done the same thing, but 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 Michael has been different. Michael was the first in, in the world of basketball. Magic's done absolutely phenomenal, but now LeBron is is just taking it over in the springboard, and for all the people who were part of this podcast out here besides just the three of us. Are there more people out there, than, or is it Channing. just us?
1: Chan- Channing's a part Channing, of it. Channing, I don't
0: see him in He's not a quitter, No, he's not a quitter. But all the all oh, okay. the guys
1: join on. Kyrie's been on three times. Really? LeBron's been on LeBron. here.
0: So Now, there's no evidence. <laughs> there's no evidence that Channing Fry is a quitter. <laughs> but... If you were looking for evidence, this would be exhibited. He's not here. here. He's I not even a, here. It's, it's I have a show. question for you. Uh, Rafa, you know? you're on the show, too. <laughs> yes. The fans want to Rastafarians, know. Rastafarians, yes. Is this was, a live was, show or is this No, no. Just recording. Was Jerry Garcia a sports fan? Oh, absolutely. It's a, he was a, a physical fitness fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he, he loved it. He loved to go to bed early and then get up and go right to the gym and yeah. ride the bike, and <laughs> oh. do his calisthenics, do his yoga. He was fantastic. And in between all the non-filtered camel cigarettes, man, he was just <laughs> really on top of it. Um, but to see, I was down at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this morning, and, and they brought out four of Jerry's old guitars, and I ooh. was just sitting there looking at them. You can't touch them down there because June, who's in charge of the vault, down. <laughs> locked away in the basement. He pulled out four of these guitars, and I was just thinking. I was just dreaming and how perfect that was and, and, and being on tour with the dead and how just how happy everybody was and that same sense of happiness tonight with these phenomenal fans and what LeBron has done the last six years of the NBA where he has taken his team to the finals, wherever he's been, six straight years. Now, it helps that he's in the Eastern Conference, which is not as good a conference as the West. More talent, more strong teams. But, hey, that's not LeBron's fault. He's doing his job. <laughs> he's right? at home. So, But the key, the key in life is to make other people happy. Jerry did that. Bob Dylan makes that happen. Magic makes that happen. Now LeBron's making it happen. And and please, please read Sam Smith's book about Michael Jordan because Friday the 17th is going to be, today's the 15th. Friday the 17th is Michael Jordan's 54th birthday. Wow. And as time goes on, I'll, you know, everybody's always thinking about now. Everybody's thinking about today. But Sam Smith, this legendary writer, he writes this book called Michael Jordan, The Legacy. There is no next. And so while we're always looking for what's next, Michael set the standard. Because when you look at the history of basketball and, and and the great players who are the foundational pillars of perfection, Bill Russell, my favorite player ever, Wilt, the most incredible. And then Oscar, absolutely spectacular. Kareem, the greatest player I ever played against. Larry Bird, the greatest player I ever played with. Magic, and Michael Jordan. And so Sam, he makes this argument That what Michael was able to do on and off the court in terms of changing the perception of everything. Now, for me, you're talking about the greatest ever. I always try to look for standards and metrics because everything else is just an opinion and everybody can have their own opinion. So if you're going to have standards and opinions and and base it on facts and science, Bill Russell, the greatest winner of them all. I mean, he's got 11 championships in 13 years, 11 and one in the finals. 10-0 10 and 0 in seventh games in the course of his career. Kareem has all the records, you know, he has the scoring record, he's third all-time in rebounding, he's got the most MVPs, you know, he, that guy has done it. And then but Sam makes the article the argument that things changed with Michael Jordan and the economic power that Michael brought to the league. And Michael was super fortunate in that he was not alone, because nobody makes it to the top of the, the mountain alone in life. It's all about the team. It's all about the people who are around you. We see that with the Cavaliers right now, and what RJ is doing, what Channing Fry is doing, what Calvin or Kyle Corver is doing, what Kyrie Irving, uh, Tristan Thompson, and when Kevin gets back and how tremendous he is. But here's this situation that Michael – The simple twist of fate in life. Here he is in the early 80s. He's down there playing in North Carolina. And the world of basketball belongs to Kareem, Dr. J, Magic, and Larry. And then Michael comes along, and he brings David Falk with him. At the same time, Jerry Buss is taking over the Lakers. At the same time, David Stern is becoming the commissioner of the NBA. At the same time, Phil Knight out in Oregon is opening up Nike to the rest of the world. At the same time, ESPN is starting to take over. So you have all these six different forces coming together at the same time, and there's Michael Jordan, the guy who can deliver the message, the guy who can be out there and just come every day with this level of perfection on and off the court, and everybody loved him, and now that's LeBron James, and so just keep going, keep keep putting smiles on people's faces, and he's so lucky, he works very, very hard at it, but so much of your health in life is based on luck, and so here it is that LeBron James is able to play every game. I mean, he sprained his ankles. Yeah, horrific sprain during the game. And he's lying there about He's like, like looking for the stretcher, right? He, he gets shoe. up, tied his shoe, <laughs> pounded his foot on the court, went and sat down for a couple minutes, and then came back and was better than ever. I mean, what a player. What a force of nature. What a Dynamo, what a volcanic explosion we've been able to witness right here. I need to go back to the pyramid and just, man, lay underneath those guitars. Out there. What is is it? this a 24-7 show or what? <laughs>
1: yeah. what, is it? What, what is it about him that, makes him that sets him apart? What's the one difference that has him way up here as you're talking about? What
0: separates all great champions is mental acuity and emotional commitment. How smart you are. And does it matter to you? Do you care? And he clearly has that. <laughs> and, and he works so hard. And, and nobody sees that. You know, they, they see him come out and perform. But, Richard, you're there every day in practice. Yeah. And uh, there's never been a great player without a great coach. And there's never been a great player who didn't just work at it, he's night hard, he's, and day. I mean, he's his, the hardest worker I've been his, around. His, his level of physical fitness, his level of skill, his level of passion, and. I mean, there were really, really good players out there on the court tonight, and he made everybody else look like they were in like <laughs> middle school. I mean, it was like, wow. Well, Bill, Bill, let me stop you because I know you're. Ma- Bill, I, I just I don't want to keep you. You got places to go. Ben they got twenty four hour room service at the <laughs> hotel. <man. laughs> and you learned, Ohio's not such a bad and place. And, and, and they do it, you know, they do it right over there at, at that Ritz Carlton. They I do. Mean, it's very nice. <laughs> it's quiet. It's quiet. secure. And they have great service, and like all Rich Carltons, they honor the Do Not Disturb sign. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has told us his address to his home yes, <laughs> yes. and where he stays on the road. There
0: we go. Well, Bill, thank you for joining us. So well, on on that point right there?
1: Yeah. We are not done.
0: We we do a show one time. We're doing a, 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 a big corporate speech, and, and it's in Los Angeles at Staples Center. And it's a whole day of speakers. I mean, it's all the big boys. I mean, it's Colin Powell, it's Terry Bradshaw, it's Joe Montana, and on and on and on. 25,000 people in Staples Center just for speakers. No concerts, no games, just speakers on the stage. And the closing show, the closing segment is John Wooden and me, oh, right? Man. And so we're up there on the stage, and we're sitting there. with just a couple of potted plants a table with a bottle of water on it and Coach Wooden and I sitting there and we are going back and forth and we are just arguing and fighting and telling stories and laughing and crying and joking and dreaming and it's just absolutely fantastic. You can't see a thing because the spotlights are just right in your face but we know that there's 25,000 fans out there. They've been there all day, right? But they're just hanging on every single word and Coach Wooden is making no sense whatsoever, (laughs) right? So so I call him out on it. I say, Coach, you can't possibly believe what you just said and he's back in my face, Walton, you're just stupid. You're a slow learner. (laughs) Come on, man. You'll never learn what you don't want to know. And so finally I just lose it. And I said, come on, you folks out there, 25,000, I know you're all out there. You can't agree with what he's saying out there, so just please give him a call. right? And so I say, his number is 818-343-2266. <laughs> and he looked at me. Oh, my God. The only time he was ever mad was when I was arrested at the peace rally. Oh, man. We were trying to spread flowers and love and happiness and joy, and there it was, Nixon, with the war driving the, driving the world insane and so when coach had to come down to the jailhouse and get me out oh he was livid (coughs) oh my gosh but when i gave out that number mike he never changed his number (laughs) (laughs) he he waited it out he he had to wait about three or four weeks before the call stopped coming Uh, and then they just said okay he's not gonna pick up oh wow i
1: love your stories do you have any of luke richard and channing one good one that you can share with our listeners
0: well, they would always, you know, I'd he call them. You kicked me out of their house multiple times. I never did that, Richard. <laughs> he yeah. says that all the time. Luke, no, you did. Luke I did kick out. <laughs> and I was with Luke. <laughs> <clears throat> I got pneumonia. Sorry. So I would call over there at school when they were there in Tucson. I'd call them up just to check on them. And, and they'd always say, Dad, Dad, Bill, I can't talk right now. I'm in church. <laughs> oh, God, this is great news. I'd call back the next day. Dad damn it, Bill. I can't talk right now. I'm in the library. And oh my gosh. And then I would go over there and I would see all these, you know, beautiful angels walking around in their bikinis and their short cut off jeans, right? And everything just hanging out everywhere and these angels just walking. And they said, Oh, I was with Luke and Richard last night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just incredible. Oh man. And but one of the things about Luke and Luke is a lot like me he's very quiet and he's very shy and very reserved and so here it was as the children would go away to college we'd always Laurie and I would just write him a check and say here you're going to have have some you know some spending money and all the other ones, all the other boys, Adam and and, and Nate and and Chris. You know, I said, "This is fantastic. Let's go." And I'd hand Luke this check, and Luke would look at it and said, "Oh, Dad, that's too much, man. I, I don't need that much." And he I said, "It's okay, Luke. Just take it." He said, "No, Dad, that's just way too much. Please, Aww. just uh, it's I, I got it covered." And it was very much like when I went. <laughs> it was very much like when I went to UCLA. I was I had the time of my life there. I was always hungry at UCLA, <laughs> but never for very long. <laughs> oh, UCLA, what a place! Oh my gosh! And I was just there. I've been able to go there back as the con- as the broadcaster for the Conference of Champions and. It's just incredible what they've done with that school and really all the schools in the Conference of Champions. And and I'll take this moment to say that Richard Jefferson, one of the very first athletes in in, in the history to, while he's a current player, write a large, large check back to his alma mater. And and they have the Richard Jefferson Gymnasium right there, right on Campbell Drive. Man, you drive by <laughs> right going to McHale, which is not named after Kevin McHale, no. But the Richard Jefferson Gymnasium, and that's what makes me so proud oh, because you, that uh, that willingness, that that understanding. Because when you get old, and when you're just in the way and you don't can't do anything anymore, the driving emotions in your life are always pride gratitude and loyalty, pride, the satisfaction with your choices in life, loyalty, do you care, does any of this matter, and then gratitude, the acknowledgement, the respect, the appreciation and the gratefulness of the people who have gone before, and all the people who have Given me the greatest life ever. And now to see Richard. it's just a young man. I mean, 37 years old? 36, 36. 36 I'll you're, be 37 in June. Luke's older than you? No, no, no. Yeah, Luke, a Luke's a month and a half A older month and a half old. older. Yeah, I thought yeah. you guys were twins. No. Man, I'm <laughs> going to I'm gonna have to go back and tell Lori. Are you mar- sure that <laughs> <laughs> Luke and in Richard in March, are not? He's in, twins. in March.
1: I'm in June. March he's, 28th. Yeah. Uh, what's his address? What's uh, his phone number? Oh, you want me to put that out there? I don't think he would like that. I will say he's <laughs> on Gates. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What city is that? Oh, I don't know. One I those live, in Mars, live in I Mars, man. I came back here oh. from the
0: Mars Hotel. I've had a fantastic time here, man. I didn't think it was going to be. I, I was wondering <laughs> if I had to bring my passport. Man. I was, <laughs> no, they're going to they're take me to a black site and they're going to deport me. Oh my gosh! Please, I'm guilty. Yes, I'm guilty of smiling on a cloudy day. I'm guilty of being a fan of LeBron James. I'm being guilty of being a a fan. And an alumni and a proud member of the NBA. Wow, we're the luckiest people on earth, Richard. Honor. Who would have ever thought? Hey, I mean, how's the yoga studio the yoga doing? Yoga studio's <laughs> great. great. Uh,
1: Luke took the entire Laker team to the because we just opened to the up yoga a, studio. To the yoga studio, we opened up a second one. The first one in Hermosa Beach was doing so well. We opened. You up open one, a, second we opened a second one. We <laughs> opened a second one in downtown
0: L.A. And Luke took the entire downtown. In downtown, team in downtown. Wow. you know it's it's coming up. I thought, so, it, I thought it was just a place where you got to meet girls and uh, stuff sh- like the Playboy Mansion <laughs> South. Well, so, I, you're married. I, I will say that.
1: this, I. Decided to open up a yoga studio when I was single okay. and then I got married.
0: And yeah, your wife like, well, is an angel. She's a wow. sweetheart. She's the yeah. best. But so. no one's the angel like Lori. Oh, no, my gosh. Lori's the best. No, no. No Lori I Can you imagine well. being married to me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh Bill. That poor girl. She's the best. Oh, my She's gosh. the best. Well, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I know Richard Jefferson and I was here in Cleveland tonight. <laughs> wow. what And, and you saw game seven when
1: he won the championship. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yo, Kyrie, so. One of the very few angles that they show. They have the up top the side, right, but right. there's one where they show you really? you were right by the right Warriors' by, bench. Right behind so the Kyrie bench shoots it. it.
0: Your hands are up and you're like, They're oh gonna, my right god. The Warriors are gonna win. I'm a warrior of the Golden State. And then it went in. <laughs> they win in. Like, <laughs> it oh, went my in. oh my god. <laughs> the and then Le- LeBron, right after that, LeBron blocks god. the Eagle Dollar shot. But uh, it never would have happened had it not been for J.R. Smith making those three eight, eight, Start the jumpers. second half. Eight points uh, to start the second start half. Start the second half. Uh, uh, half. Man, I mean, th- swisha. Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember as a player that started the second half in let's these go. games. Let's go. The referees, no whistles. Let's let them go. <laughs> you're just Fighting and it's just wonderful. And there was Jr. setting the tone, man. <laughs> three bam, quick, ones. three in a and row. We were I was right there. No,
1: yeah, and I, that's why I try and tell people it was like we were down in right. halftime emotionally. You're like you want to cry. Then all of a sudden uh, Jr. just uh, hits a bunch of three we, we go he up. We go up seven. You're like one. yes. Yeah. Then the next thing you know it's tied, and you're like wow. what's going
0: Type on? for <laughs> But you held them to 89 points. You deserved to win. You were the better team. You had the better players. And Ty Lu did a phenomenal job and i love his on-court demeanor yeah i mean uh, I, uh, I, I love uh, these guys like Ty Lue, who comes from mexico missouri i mean i mean i live right next door to mexico i mean we got to build <laughs> uh, 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 and i didn't think missouri was anywhere near mexico but that's <laughs> where he's from man but we got to build bridges and not walls out there and here's Lu. he gets this golden opportunity and they make the decision here to get rid of david blatt who's now in Turkey, I believe. I mean, can you imagine being in Turkey right now? Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, so Tai Lu comes in and gets this fantastic opportunity, and he handles it with such dignity and such grace. And I love the coaches who just sit over there on the sideline <laughs> and who just do their communicating because the players are all crazy enough, right? <laughs> you don't need to have the coach crazy. You need to have the coach be the calm guy who can say, okay, now this is what we got to do here, guys. And then he can look at LeBron and he can look at Kyrie and he can look at Kevin Love and Tristan and you and Channing and now Kyle Korver, and give him a rational explanation of finding the path forward and it's just absolutely spectacular I'm so happy for him and so proud of him and I was in his I was in his office before the game tonight doing the coaches interview right and right behind his desk there was this big, giant poster of the championship parade and celebration, right? And half your team had no clothes on. (laughs) It was a hot day, Bill. I was so jealous. I mean, I wanted some of that. Where's my bike? Oh, Uh, where's my bike? I remember your championship I rode my bike to the championship parade in Portland, and uh, uh, it was like going into the Grateful Dead parking lot, right? (laughs) And it was just, I got separated from my bike, and I had no way home. When I got to the stage, I said, hey, where's my bike? And I didn't get it I, I did get it back, but, but it took two bite. or three days. It and, took a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I hitchhiked home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, how was the parade in Boston? Oh, over the top. <laughs> <laughs> over the top. So, in Portland, when the mayor, who was the master of ceremonies, uh, you know, he, he was uh, coming up and, and asking me to say a few words. And I'm a lifelong stutterer, so I couldn't speak at all in those days. And so, here it was. They give me the microphone, I ask for my bike, and somebody passes me a beer, and I take the beer and take a big swig of it. Who knows who had already been drinking it, right? And then I took the beer and I poured it over the mayor's head. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> but he was a great friend, and so he was all having the party, too. Yeah. And then we get to Boston, and the – You have to understand, Rafa, that when I I was in Portland, Portland was an expansion team when we got there, and it ultimately became one of the great franchises in the history of the NBA. It had all kinds of records, was the model, the economic model of success in this magical mystery tour that's the NBA. And then when I get to but Portland was a very small town. When I lived there, the the town, the the city of Portland had 250,000 people in the whole town, the entire state. Of Oregon, which is a which is I think the ninth largest state in the country. The entire state of Oregon when I was there forty three years ago was three hundred and fifty thousand wow. people. There were more people on campus every day <laughs> at UCLA than there were in the entire state of Oregon, right? So the entire state comes, three hundred and fifty thousand people to this phenomenal parade and celebration of happiness and joy and everything. <laughs> Boston, we get there. Boston's a really big city. Three and a half million people came to the parade there, and so we're up on these big military assault vehicles, <laughs> and we're having to push the crowd back with the dogs and everything, and police out in front pushing them away. And so the fans, they're throwing everything up into the truck, you know, you name it. Drinks, things we can't talk about in Ohio, <laughs> women's lingerie. It was all coming back and forth, right? And so I got a beer that somebody just passed me, and I'm drinking this beer, and Chief's got one, and Kevin's right there. And we're having the time of our life. And the little general manager, the guy whose only job on earth was to add zero to Larry Bird's contract, right? He comes up to me, and he looks at Chief, and looks at Kevin, and says, guys, I don't know. We're the Boston Celtics. I'm not really sure this is the right place okay, for you guys yeah. to be drinking beer. And I looked at him <laughs> and I <laughs> said, are you kidding me? This is what we live for. And I took a big sip of the beer and I poured the rest of it <laughs> over him. There we go. Yeah. There. But Richard has asked me that when I do come to Cleveland that I don't pour beer on anybody else's head. No, no.
1: Not until the championship okay. next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, It's going to yeah. be tough. Season. But It's going to be very you got tough. a chance. we got you a got chance because we have LeBron James. All
0: you can do is ask for that chance. Yeah. Just stay healthy. Healthy, keep the game fresh. Keep passing that ball. Wow. What a special deal. I'm so happy for you, Richard. I love you, Richard. I uh, love you, Bill. You're the best. You're the best. So. Thanks for my life. Hey, Bill. Thanks for my dreams. I I am like I know how this goes, Bill.
1: I'm kicking you out of here. Oh, my God. You got to go, What time's is my flight? Uh, <laughs> no. I, got, I have a 7 a.m. flight, and I haven't even packed yet. I'm going back to California. Where are you going, Bill? I don't know. I think I'm
0: going to Mars. <laughs> you going to Mars. <laughs> 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 so, you could stay I'm there. actually going to one of the coolest places in the world, Seattle. Seattle, ooh, great town. Uh, you know, that, that is a place that stands up for america and uh, so please everybody say a prayer god help america yes here we go <laughs> okay okay thanks okay. for having me rafa Thank ali so rj yeah. look how cool this is <laughs> let's have a grand time the celebration is underway what a night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: with that, it is road tripping with RJ and Channing off the beaten path with our host, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, Bill Walton.
0: There was a path tonight? <laughs> there was <I'm> no your, <laughs> that's why I said off the beaten path. You know, a long I'm strange. your host. Just, uh, like here we then. go.
1: Good night. Right, night.